What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode four of the TTR podcast. Um, first three have been okay. Again, you know, I'm pretty new at this, so I am kind of trying to figure out my way around this. Um, the, this is the way I recorded last week's episode as well. So what I'm doing is I have a phone call with my interviewee, um, and then we just kind of, you know, we just kind of talk it out or whatever. I didn't add music to this one. Um, the, you know, the goal is to have music in everyone, but uh, again, you know, so I'm I'm pretty new at this, and it was a good kind of, um, I don't know, I'm it was a good conversation, but uh, I didn't want to interrupt the flow of it by um, continuously pausing for music breaks, so that's why there's none in today's episode. Let's get to our, I'm going to say sponsor, uh, even though it's not really one, it's my company, my uh, my race that I am hopefully going to, well, I say hopefully, but it is going to happen. All I need is uh, to get some people in, but to my, my race, Beach Runner, um, that's going to take place uh, June 10th, 2017, so June 10th next year, race start at 9 a.m., this is going to be taking place on the world's longest freshwater beach. That is Wasega Beach. We're going to start off uh, somewhere around Beach Area 1, take off. There's a 5K and a 10K option. Um, take off towards Beach 5 and 6, and uh, it's an out and back course. Um, I have personally ran this a few times. I think it's, you know, who doesn't love running on a beach if you live near a beach? You know what I'm talking about. Um, this time you just get to race some people with it as well. So I'm hoping, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that it is taken well among the the runners and uh, athletes that choose to come. And I'm really excited about it. Enough for me blabbering. I'm just kind of, I feel like I'm just talking, talking about nothing really. But on to our guest today. So. This is a gentleman, he is, uh, I think he said he was 71, or on the other end of 71, as he likes to puts it, put it. Um, his name is Ian Sinclair. So he is, uh, he lives in the Collingwood Blue Mountain area. I think he's just a little bit outside. And he started a race that he goes on to describe called the Six Hours of Gibraltar. Um, this conversation, it was, uh, it was more, I don't know, I had a kind of like a personal feel to it where he was really just kind of explaining his race, what he does, how he does it. And so if, you, if you're someone who's interested in potentially like organizing and running their own race, this is probably a great episode for you. If uh, you aren't, um, you know what, you might not enjoy this one so much, but you know, that just, that's the name of the game. I had a great time talking to him and uh, here we go. Ian Sinclair. My ten o'clock call. Yes, it is. I uh, I tried calling a few minutes ago, but uh, it went straight to voicemail. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I, I worked the phone. Oh yeah. Okay, okay. my friend, you're on. Okay. Um. So I'll start off. Uh, so I know a little bit. Um, I know a little bit about your race just from what I've uh, I've read online and stuff. But anyone listening to this will not. Um, so why don't you start off just by telling telling me and uh, the listeners anything about anything about your race, just kind of what it is in uh, in a nutshell. First 
off. The name of the race is Six Hours of Gibraltar. Okay. It's a it's a team relay race that participates on a private race course. The distance is six point one K. The degree of difficulty is moderate. Okay. The composition of the race format is as follows. Four person, uh, male, female, and mixed. We have a youth category, four person under 15 years of age. We have corporate levels of teams with six racers and or eight racers. And we also have a solo category. Awesome. What we what we bring uh, in, to the to the uh, participants is as follows: um, a a private single tra- track race course, single trail system. Uh, there are no other races in the mountain bike races in the area, and we believe in providing full value for the entrance fee. And by that I mean. We have paralleled all the professional elements of a professionally run mountain bike race course, uh, race event. We have medics um, on the site. We have lunch provided by Peter Pitt to one and all. Yep. You have uh, Asante, a local coffee house, providing coffee in the morning. We have a complete metal presentation at the end of the event mm-hmm. we have an expo and in the expo all the major companies such as Trek, Cannondale, uh, Opus, uh, etc. are represented. We have, what else do we have? Um, we have a silent auction table. Yeah. Um, it's, it sounds pretty, sounds pretty awesome. We have and bells and whistles of a professionally run race. Yeah. Wow. Um, so my my strength is in um, is in running. Obviously, I've helped uh, I've helped a lot. Um, I've helped out at a lot of running races. Right. And you kind of touched on it briefly, um, just in that answer. But and from what, from what I read, you used to be or still are um, a pretty avid runner yourself. So does anything? Besides the obvious things, um, are there what are the kind of differences in hosting a mountain bike race um, over a foot race? And what I mean by that is, you know, do you need to set up kind of like a bike repair station um, kind of midway out on the course? Or is there anything no, like no, that no. that you need to do? No, we, be, be in that third question, in that the course is 6.1K, yeah. um, there is no need for... Um, for uh, bike repairs on the course. However, we do have Kamikaze, yep. a uh, local uh, mountain bike uh, shop on on site with full um, full uh, full support in terms of mechanics to uh, to resolve any issues. Right on, and um, I I guess the racers a hydration center um, at the site at the race site. Yep. Uh, by which scratch and e-load is provided free uh, to all the participants. 
Okay. So the parallel would be if you were a runner, then we have a hydration center. Yeah. We, if you get hurt, we have medics. Yep. Uh, if if you're if you're good, then we have a metal um, a metal uh, presentation. Yep. What we have done and the feedback that we've had every year is that it's a very very professionally run event. Only because I did about twenty of them all over North America myself. Not yeah. Quite yeah. So I know I know what's required. We also have um, in that it's a uh, a team relay race primarily, other than the the solo riders. Mm-hmm. It's all computerized. We have computerized chips, so that the results are posted on a screen on a regular basis. Yep. So teams and individual individual racers on teams and teams can see how they're stacking up within the category that they're participating in and also how they're participating overall against other uh, four-person teams or corporate teams or solo racers. Okay, that's pretty awesome that you can see it real-time like that. You know, you're absolutely right. It's all in real-time and only because there's a company by the name of uh, Superfly Racing. Yep. And the principal in Superfly Racing is Sean Rupel. Okay. And Sean Rupel, pardon me? No, no, sorry, I'm just, uh, I'm just Sean listening. Sean Rupel yep. uh, sets it all up with, uh, you know, uh, the transition area with all the bikes on the on the horses, yep. uh, the proper fencing and flagging for for the start of the race and the finish of the race when the, when the chip that the individual racers are carrying goes over the monitor. But it is all in real time. Awesome. And uh, all the the all the tents are set up. I I, uh, I have fifty two acres up here, and all the different colors. And it's all with a stage in the middle. It's all staged very professionally. Awesome. Well, I hope I'm hoping I uh, I'm not much of a mountain biker. Um, I did used to a little bit, but uh, I'm hoping I'll be able to get out. Potentially, uh, potentially next year. Actually, I'm going to try and do okay. it. Okay. Okay. Super. Now, what what we our whole our whole proposition, our whole positioning. Yep. Is one of providing value. Yep. Value for, that we have two platforms: the registration platform, and for eighty-one dollars and twenty-five cents, you get all the things I mentioned plus a grab bag with a bunch of goodies in it, mm-hmm. plus a six-hour high-quality T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Then what we've decided to do four, uh, four years ago was we aligned ourselves with a woman's crisis center by the name of My Friend's House. Okay, so that was actually going to be my next question. I'm glad you, I'm glad you touched on it. And what we do, what we do is we're providing value on this platform as well. And what we're saying is, on the second platform, every team has to raise a minimum of a thousand dollars. Okay. Now that, and on that thousand dollars, unlike other charities, a hundred cents on the dollar goes to my friend's house. And what we're saying is, a hundred cents if it's a cash donation, hundred cents on the dollar if it's a check. On the other side we've been able to negotiate because we, we're all, it's all done online registration and donations and we, we track the donations yep. in that each team has to come up with a minimum of 1,000. 
what anybody who re- makes a donation on behalf of a team or a member on the team, then and they pay via a credit card, then what we've orchestrated with Moneris, the clearinghouse for Visa and the other card, other cards that go through it, is a very very low charge back of 2.2 percent versus many other retailers that it, with all the amin fees etc it could be on the other side of 10 percent okay so we've negotiated a very very high rate so what we say and we're very clear on our communication is that a hundred cents on the dollar goes to uh my friend's house and what what we're saying as well is that if you take a step back from what i just said there are over 88,000 registered charities in Canada. Mm-hmm. The average charge, the average average administrative charge for that these 88,000 plus agencies have is a minimum of 20 percent to a high of 40, 40 and 50 percent. In other words, 20, 20 cents or 50 cents on the dollar goes to run the charity, whereby we're saying 100 cents on the dollar goes to uh, to my friend's house and if you if, if you ha- if you have it in your uh, personal uh, focus or your personal uh, you know from a charity giving point of view mm-hmm. and you look at your disposable income and you pick a charity like my friend's house you're getting full value for your for your dollar mm-hmm. and quite frankly uh, you mentioned to me the other day that you were 23 well I'm on the other side of uh, 71 yeah and i have uh three children and five grandchildren and i have two daughters and i have three granddaughters and when you consider that abuse towards women and children is basically one in four we all have a mother we all possibly have a sister we all possibly have a wife or a girlfriend or a partner of some sort Mm -hmm. and what we have to do as a society in my humble opinion is talk more about this and bring this terrible abuse towards women and children out in the open and yes i love children more than i love adults yeah well, and you're a father so you know what i'm talking about absolutely um so i guess the other thing that we've done is um we've uh we have all the proper signage uh getting us here we have uh professionally my daughter is a graphic designer she did the logo we have all the color all the signage that you can imagine yep. and our our, um, our tagline is the race to empower women and children awesome and the other thing that we've done is we have some very very um simple operating uh operating principles um from a uh from a mission statement our mission statement very simply is to put forward the best business practices mm-hmm. execute with excellence and be transparent in all our communication to anybody who comes, who becomes, uh, uh, who, who's involved with us, no matter what level they're involved with us. Okay. Well, I I think it's um, I do think it's amazing um, what you've what you've managed to accomplish in I believe what four four short years, correct? Four short years, and we have raised last this. 2016, we raised $95,000. I saw that. 2015, we raised 104000 So what am I saying? 
Uh, year one was a learning year where we raised about 13,000. Year two, 58.7. And year three, over 104. And year uh, uh, four was 95. So you bundle it all up, we're on the other side of $271,000. And when you consider... That's amazing. That, yeah, it is. And, and it's a testament to the support of the community that we've had, the mountain biking community. And the other interesting um, aspect of it is uh, my friend's house operating annual shortfall there is about a hundred is about uh, two hundred thousand a year. We are now at the level of of uh, providing uh, half of their annual operating shortfall. Wow! So that we're very proud of. Yeah. And, and the other thing that we're very proud of is the fact that we've been able to uh, secure from the community about $70,000 in free media support from the likes of all the print folks to radio uh, to uh, Rogers and cable TV through the Penny Skeleton Show. Mm -hmm. And we put a value of $70,000 on that. And in four short years, as a result of our media campaign, we've been able to raise the awareness level of abuse towards women and children, and in particular, my friend's house um, uh, in the community here. The other sad reality in terms of my friend's house metrics, uh, they handle about twelve to 1,300 uh, crisis calls a year. And that's Sorry, growing at about 10-11% a year. The one in Collingwood handles that many a year? That's right. Wow. And they have a, they have a house there that it, can hold about 12... Uh, women and it and it's booked and busy twenty four times seven twelve months of the year. Wow, that's yeah. Uh, they're they're scary statistics. Yeah, that I I was I had no idea. Yeah, well, you hit it right on the head. Nobody has any idea. Yeah. And until you get involved and understand the sadness of this subject, then you you really you don't have any any full. Uh, Full, uh, full idea of what goes on and uh, it's a very very sad sad uh, story mm -hmm. it's led by a very capable person by the name of Allison Fitzgerald okay. uh, they're celebrating their 25th year and Allison worked her way up to my friend's house and she's been with the with my friend's house for about 23 years wow that's um, yeah you, you know what you're right exactly those are those are definitely some scary statistics. And, um, you know, in a small town like Collingwood, if they're getting that many calls a year, you know, who knows what it's, who knows well, what it's. Well, they're in five markets, in fairness to your, 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 they, they're in like, uh, they go over to Thornberry, uh, Meaford. Okay. Uh, so like the whole kind of Georgian triangle area. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Okay. You know? And, you know, if you, Still, though, own, that's... if you look at your own experience as a young person, yeah, you you, you only want what's best for your for your son. Absolutely, you know? yeah, it's what and, <laughs> what uh, we're trying to do every day. Absolutely, yeah, you know, and 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 but a lot of these a lot of these people, um, these women are just have nowhere to go, mm -hmm. and they've been physically and mentally abused, mm -hmm. and there's been you know stories of death threats on these women and oh just things that you, that you just 
you just don't want to. Yeah. You know, you, you, and and the sad reality is, nobody wants to talk about this subject. It's a very. It's not sexy. Yeah. No, you know, it's nobody not. Nobody wants to talk about abuse towards women and children, and nobody wants to talk like. And I give George Cope. CEO of Bell Canada. Yeah. Full full uh, credit. And you say you're a runner. You probably know Clara Hughes, who is one yeah. of the most decorated Olympians of of Canadian history. Yeah, I've I've he, actually caught that whole campaign that they do. There. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he's brought that out into the forefront. Yeah. And so is Michael Landsberg. Um, the TSN uh, guy. Pardon me. Is that the TSN guy, Michael Landsberg? Yeah. yeah. And another. Another hell of a fine guy in the community here is a friend of mine by the name of Scott Thornton, who played in the NHL for 17 years. Okay. He's a big supporter of my friends. Okay. So, wow. I, I don't, I, I really, I don't know how much more I can say to you, but yeah. um, you, you, what you have to really consider when you run events is couple of things you must provide value for what you're offering if you don't provide value it's like any other consumer product if you don't if the product doesn't meet your needs and satisfy you then uh, you're not ever going to buy it again Mm -hmm. and what we're doing is is offering full value on our on our two platforms registration and on the donation piece Mm -hmm. and you know just just as I, um, I, I want to share a, a personal thing with you before I say what I'm going to say next. Sure. Is I was an entrepreneur for over 40 years. Yeah. All in the selling game mm-hmm. and manufacturing game. And this, the charity business, is the hardest business I've ever, ever been involved in for one simple underlying fact. And the fact is there is no demand for the product. Zero demand. So what you have to do is create demand through awareness and and and, and provide value for whatever you're u- doing to generate the charitable um, charitable dollar. Yeah. You know that that's it in a in a nutshell. And I forgot the point I was going to make to you, but other than the the, the personal one. Yeah. No, that's but, that's fine. But wow. that that's uh, that's it in a nutshell, my young friend. Huh. Um, do you mind if I steal a few more minutes of your time? No, go ahead. It's your time. Okay. So I'm going to just shift gears a little bit and talk, um, kind of more about the organization. So I noticed, um, I think it was on your Facebook page or I don't remember where, but okay. I caught that you, uh, I guess you have like, um, a board of directors or a board in of some sort. And the only reason why that kind of, um, stuck out to me is, the races that I've been a part of, um, they haven't had like a, an official board like that. And I know every every race director obviously has you know partners, um, sponsors, and a whole bunch of people that they're working with. Um, but I've never actually seen or been a part of an actual board. And I, I so I want to know one: did I read that right? And two: um, wh- like where did the decision come? to do that and and why like you know and why okay excellent question and here's the answer okay I refer to the to the six hour Gibraltar uh, board as you call it 
as a six-hour team. Okay. And nobody can, in life, no matter who you are, you cannot get through life totally on your own. Mm -hmm. You cannot do anything in life totally on your own. And what, what, what I, we decided is when I decided to do this for a whole bunch of reasons, in terms of hosting this event and being the, one of the drivers of the event mm -hmm. on our, at our home up here, because I'm basically, I'm very shy and I'm reclusive by nature, but I felt that I wanted to put back into this world that's been very good to me, mm -hmm. although I'm a workaholic and I earned everything I, I've achieved. When I decided to do this, being an adventure racer myself and hanging out with people that are younger than I, mm -hmm. I wanted to stay in touch with younger people. And I wanted to stay in touch with people with different strengths. And when I put this together, I went to a few friends of mine who, um, if I had to go back into business, I would, I would uh, start up a company with them within a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. And what what I identified with with people is I wanted to, us to put together a team that was totally compatible from the perspective of they believed in what we were doing, i.e. they believed in uh, being in the charity business, they believed in supporting the Women's Crisis Center, and they were, if not mountain bikers, believed in what I just said. For example, we have on our team... Uh, a gal by the name of Julie Card who owns a company by the name of MyCollywood.ca. Yep. She went out and got our $70,000 worth of free um, media. We have on our team Jeff McGinnis, who is a world-class, uh, he was on Canada's national downhill ski team. He did all these adventure races known as the Eco Challenge. Okay. He was, he's a world-class mountain biker. He is also a motivational speaker. And he was, we had a racing, mountain bike racing team, and he was, uh, he was on the team. I was on, we had, we put a team together. Yeah. We did a number of 24-hour mountain bike races. We have a guy by the name of Andy Smith, who is in the fitness business. And these are, these are young friends of mine that go back 25, 30 years. Yeah. We have Chris Baumgarten, for example, who uh, owns Kamikaze uh, Bikes. Yeah. Uh, and... So what we did without going on and on and on here, we put together a collection of uh, people who A, wanted to put back, wanted to be in the charity business, wanted to support my friend's house, but also had a mountain biking uh, passion like Noelle Wandsborough, like Rob Thorburn who owns Heroni Alarms, like Rob White who is uh, Vice President of Outdoor Gear Canada, mm -hmm. like Stacy Smith who is involved with Alpine Canada. These are all pe young people who are very outdoorsy and uh, uh, believe in, in, in the platforms and what we're trying to do in supporting my friends. Then. So the synergies of, of different strengths, uh, uh, passion, common, common denominator passion, um, and, and really, with all, and everybody has a role and a function, and they just go away and do it, and we meet periodically, and we have the infrastructure to orchestrate it as smoothly as possible, mm -hmm. and um, it, 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 at the end of the day, we, we we say we have to have fun doing it, and we have fun doing it. Awesome. 
and that's really that's really what it's all about. I mean, if you're not enjoying the process, then you forget know, it. Yeah, what's if the point? If you're not enjoying the process, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, no matter what it is, you'll never be happy. Yeah. So therefore, you'll never be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't buy time. It's how you spend it. And time is precious. And when you know, maybe at twenty-three, and I'll take a little poke at you. Yeah. <laughs> You you, you you know you don't really totally relate with time in that there De- are more years in front of you than there are behind you definitely you definitely not as much as someone like you but uh Absolutely. i find having having kids definitely brought that to light more than i was ever aware of yeah well you know the, 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 you're absolutely right and however you know you, you you know, and I, I refer to you as very young, mm-hmm. chronologically. Yeah. But when you get over 71, there are more years behind me than there are in front of me. So I, I don't, I don't, um, I don't waste time. Yeah. Time is too precious to me. Because that's all I have. That's the only thing I can control. Yeah. I can't control anything else in my life but time, and nor can you. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, you pick your spot. Mm-hmm. On that note, so um, I answer your question on the, how we run this run this six hours at Gibraltar. You did, yeah. That's uh, that's kind of exactly what I wanted to hear. Um, okay. I do have just one last question for you on the note of um, our precious time. So, and and you you know you you know what you did kind of touch on touch on it actually um, with your partner who got the all the uh, media coverage for you. Um, but I, I really was just a little bit curious on um, your whole kind of marketing strategy because, and, and you know, like we said, the accomplishments you've hit um, over $250,000, four years. 271. 271, I'm sorry. Um, they're, they're nothing shy of amazing and it's, it's just it's it's a really long like you've come a long way in the four years you've been doing this. So I am right. I am curious a little bit on um, marketing strategy. I mean, and you know you don't have to give any uh, away any kind of ultimate strategies or anything. Just a few nuggets of wisdom that uh, if if you know if you First want off, that. I want to compliment you. I like the way you speak. I like your maturity. Thank um, you. I like your questions. Well done, my friend. Thank you. No, I. Uh, Hopefully you've picked up in this conversation and the one that we had the other day mm-hmm. that I'm very forthright and I'm very honest. Yeah, and absolutely. No, I'm going to give. I, I'm going to tell you exactly. Um, I, I guess it. You know, you take a step back, and it all starts with a dream. Mm-hmm. And what you have to try to figure out is how you can put if you want to put your dream into reality, what is the best strategy of putting putting that dream into a realistic and make it become a full reality? So first off, the, the, basics, the basis of the strategy, the marketing strategy, is believing in your product. And when you believe in your product, there isn't anything you can't sell in terms of providing the features and the benefits of the product, be it a consumer product like a uh, like a soap, like a toothpaste, like a car, mm-hmm. and even in the charity business, if you believe passionately in your product, you can sell it 
and present the features and benefits. So simply, um, it was uniting our team, the six-hour team, and uniting and then igniting everybody. And the simple strategy, believe it or not, was A, providing value on our two platforms, which I tried to clearly articulate. Mm -hmm. And secondly, the, the most effective medium in the world, word-of-mouth advertising. Yeah, and what it really we have is. Done, <laughs> what I've what I, what I, uh, positioned to our team is that everybody knows somebody. So if you look at the multiple effect, if you look at touch points, and you say, okay, Sinclair, uh, how many people do you know? Well, I know 10 good people, say. So then I, will go to, I would go to those 10 people, and I would sit them down, and I would talk to them about all the features and benefits of what we're offering. Okay. And say I scored on 50%, five of those 10 people, and then I would employ those five people to go out and network with their five to 10 people. Yeah. And through a few touch, what I call touch points, we have been able to orchestrate what I have very simply through word of mouth. Mm -hmm. And then when you, and then when you, you initiate year one and everybody has fun, everybody goes home with something and you make it a win-win for everybody, then you, um, you have a greater degree of, of, uh, opportunity slash success of engaging them the second, second year out, third year out. Now, with all that, so that's the basic strategy. What we run into... Hold on, sorry. I, I would like to interrupt you just because um, the way I actually found out about your race, and it happened on multiple occasions, um, but it, w it was actually word of mouth just from people that I, I met um, helping out at a few local races and stuff. So it w <laughs> your strategy is working, obviously. So uh, well, I that's, the that's the best way. Yeah. Because keep, keep the, the testimonial of your product and the testimonial of the success of your product is people talking about it. Mm -hmm. End of story. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what, what, what my last comment on this, what we face every year, and I'm having, I have a meeting up here this Wednesday, is every product has a life cycle. Every, every service has a life cycle. Every charity has a life cycle. Mm -hmm. And what we constantly are sensitive to is, has our product run its course? Has our product, like, you know, there's always law of diminishing return. Yeah. Once you've done, like I did 20, 18 24-hour races, and I started when I was 50 years old. Yeah. By the time I got to the 18th, I said, I have enough of this shit. <laughs> I want to go do something different. Yeah, no, absolutely. So the same with your running. I mean, if you ran, did the same race every year, you'd say, I want to go find something else that's more challenging. Yeah, absolutely. So we constantly are sensitive to, has our, has, has, uh, are we at the end of our product cycle? Um, if not, what can we do differently? What, what can we do to entice more people out to our event, more racers, more more fans, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And there's, as I wind down here, my friend, there is no race out there 
that provide free coffee, free lunch, and the ability to come up to a pretty special environment um, and participate for a very good cause. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, I, you know what? I don't really think there's much more to be said. You, uh, it's clearly, it's clearly a product people are interested in and, um, it caught my interest. So yeah, I, I really don't have anything more to say to you, Ian, other than, um, you know, to thank you for the time you took today, just to, uh, well, I wish you well. Yeah. Thank you very much. I always return my phone call and I have an answering machine here. Great. Okay. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. Good luck. All right, thanks a lot, Ian. Have a good one. Okay, bye-bye.